Tonight at 11. Doom! Hello and welcome to Mono Rants at the Movies, a podcast where we rant about our favourite cult and lesser-known films and fail to talk about things we specifically mentioned earlier on. I'm one of your hosts in Jack of All Trades Mono, and someone who needs no extra chromosomes to turn into a monster is my co-host and master of none, Kira. Oh yeah, you get between me and coffee, you're going to hear all about it. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. After coming dangerously close to intelligent conversation last week, we're going to dumb it down a little with 2005's Doom. Doom! Yes. Now, it's... <laughs> Still a Monorant's favourite, but I'm not about to say that I won't hear a bad word said about it because... Uh, oh, it's awful. Yeah, because we will, we will be saying some <laughs> bad words about it. But, it is honestly a terrible film, but it's brilliant. Oh, it's yeah, no, we It's so do. bad. We it's do. so bad it goes it. the whole way back around to being just brilliant, stupid fun. It is. It's definitely stupid fun. But and, before, and according to one critic in the Los Angeles Times, uh, it shows less human dimension than the new Wallace and Gromit movie. That's unfair to the new Wallace and Gromit movie. Which would have been Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, this, this wasn't... Critically well received, and, and I'm, I'm, for, for once, I'm not about to disagree with the critics because no. yeah, it's a bad film. But it it's, is a bad, but film. it's a fun film, and I love this film. And and yeah, I don't care what anybody says; I will continue to love this film. Oh yeah, it is. It well, it it, it scored a blistering five point two out of ten on IMDb. Oh yeah, and a stunning thirty four on Metascore. Oh, Metacritic. Yeah, and I think Rotten Tomato score is like ten or twelve percent or something. Probably. So Something equally low. It would be about the same as what the actual Doom games would be on them. The uh, ratings on those, like from non-Doom fans. Well, I know that the, the rating for the original Doom games on IMDb is like 8.4 and 8.9 and shit like that. There's not even a story. You're literally running around in that old Microsoft screensaver <laughs> that it's, everybody played with and you were shooting things. It was Wolfenstein, but like not Nazis. But it's still an excellent game. So oh, it is. It's yeah. deserving of its 8.5, and yeah. this is deserving of its 5.2. I was really annoyed lower. that they never did a version of it for the Wii because I had House of, House of the Dead for the Wii. They had a version like, of it for the Switch, though. Yeah, but I don't have a Switch, I have a DS. No, but, but they have a version of it for the Switch. Yeah. They have a version of it for the DS. Yeah. They pretty much have a version of the original Doom for every platform. Now. No, it would have just been fun, because House of the Dead as an arcade-style shooter on the Wii was great fun. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, but rail, rail shooters worked really well. No, actually, probably I would have ended up throwing a controller across the room after getting scared by something. What, if you were playing Doom? Um, yeah. Especially if you were playing New Doom. Yeah. But we are not talking about video games today. No, we're talking well, about at the least movie adaption I, of the video game. <laughs> which up until Doom 3 didn't really have a storyline. No. Uh, well, I mean, I mean <laughs> it's not like they took much of a story from anything to do with Doom anyway for this. You know yeah. what I mean? In fairness, bigger franchises have been made out of lesser source material. Oh, gotcha. Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, fuck yes. It's a, it's a ride in Disney that I've been on. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like they, so definitely in terms of, um, well, we had what, Battleships? Oh my god, I watched that. It's horrendous. There is actually a scene where they are jumping and they do say, you sunk my battleship. I would fucking hope so. The boats are really alien. <laughs> if, I went to see, if I went to see battleships and nobody at any point in the movie said, you sunk my battleship, Except I would Liam be... Liam Neeson. I don't care who's in it. If, if somebody <laughs> in that film doesn't say, you sunk my battleship, I would, I would walk out and ask for a fucking refund. Yeah, that is a stupid film. Aren't the the alien weapons, don't they kind of look like the pegs from the game?
game or something? They do a little bit, and the alien vessel things like skip in it across the water. Okay. So yeah, there yeah. was there was there was definitely more um, Transformers. Yeah, well, the first Transformers had plenty done with it. Before By the time that. the movies rolled around, there was video games and there was comics and there was oh, but there was the original nineteen eighties series cartoon film as well <sighs> with the death of Optimus Prime. Yep, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. they've made they've made much much more out of much much less. Yeah, so I mean, there was there was some stuff that they could have used in this, and they didn't really use any of it. So yeah. who cares? <laughs> The closest thing to it is you have the BFG. Oh yeah, it there's Easter look, eggs throughout. It does look like the levels in it. It's it's on Mars. There's Marines. There's monsters. There's first person shooters. So like, yeah. I'm very honest. I think that was the entire marketing for it. I, the only reason, not, like, I don't remember when I first saw this. No, nope. it's just always been there. And I think yep. for a lot of people, it was like a secret shame because it was so universally panned when it came out. And yeah. if you liked it, you were generally mocked for liking it. Yep. So, <laughs> it was one of those things where like loads of people actually liked it, but nobody wanted to be like that one kid in the group who was like oh I thought it was okay oh yeah whereas I'm at the stage now where I'm just like no, no. Fuck it. I like what I like and I do not give a shit I love Super so Mario I, Brothers the film so I have like no taste level oh Super Mario Bros <laughs> oh yeah but we should probably do an AL summary before we get to it's doom ah but come on every film gets a summary Okay. We're not trying to summarise the video game either. No. We're trying to summarise the movie which has somewhat of a plot yeah a bit and, and it goes like this uh, okay. Anyway, Billy Butcher, Black Adam, and a crew of one-dimensional space marines, no, not that kind, must travel to Mars through a portal with no safety measures to rescue some random scientists from bad plots and cool monsters. After a chase through some Victorian sewers and some sciencey mumbo-jumbo, Butcher must save his sister with a kick-ass FPS sequence. Mac is also there. Yeah. Mac is also there. Mac? Yeah. Well, then he's all over there. Yeah, and that's Mac. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is Mac in this movie? I don't know. Why I just love the fact that Mac movie? is now, like, a really well-respected journalist. Yeah, he worked for, like, Al Jazeera. He shit. worked for Al Jazeera. He worked for... He got his break on, like, ITV News in the UK. And now he's doing, like, something for News in China or is, like, the Chinese, like, correspondent for something. Yeah, yeah. But, no, he's, he's a proper order of journalist now and, and not a fucking completely random character in the two thousand. I forgot was in it I, no I didn't forget he was in it I was like oh I was yeah like, Max, who are you Max that like random Asian dude who has a sword he doesn't have a fucking sword <laughs> He, just even, he, he has like two lines and dies. Yeah. Sorry. And dies out of fucking nowhere. Sorry. What? He dies. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no. Shit. Yeah. Wait. This is this is going to be a full spoiler rant. Oh yeah. This is going to yeah. be a full spoiler rant. I'll say it. It'll be in the episode description yeah. because this. Yeah. It's doom. It's doom. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, you're probably not going to watch it anyway. <laughs> No, watch it. And you're probably, well, yeah, but you're probably not going to come and listen if to a podcast see, about like, Doom before baby, watching it. Like, this movie was, what, 2005? Yeah. So, Dwayne Johnson was still going as The Rock. He wasn't even Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. yep. <laughs> he was just, just the, rock. the Rock. And Carl Urban, who had done Chronicles of Riddick, I think, at this point, he had definitely been in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He'd been on Xena. Yeah. He's very baby-faced in this. It's quite sweet. Yeah, yeah, no, he's very, very baby-faced in this horror. Yeah, and um, he's, he's got a terrible American accent and he's and not quite growly yet. Yeah, he doesn't have the gravel in his voice yet yeah. and he tries to... He's not like up to like scourge, dread. Yeah, he, yeah, no, it is when he's delivering some of the lines. It's it's like, no, I know what you sound like nowadays and, yeah. and it's not convincing. <laughs> it's not convincing. 
But will we talk quickly about the characters as little as there is to talk yeah. about them? We've got Serge, who is the, the Serge of the group. Who's Serge? <laughs> who's the Rock? Yeah, you've got Caliban as Reaper, who's the protagonist. Yeah. And that's about all there is to him. Yeah. <laughs> he's the protagonist. He yeah. has history. Yeah, he's got history. He's got a sister who he, he has a get plot along. point basically. Yeah, yeah, he's got a sister who who uh, he does Rosamund Pike, who is stunning. also there. Oh, she and, is stunning, and she's also there, and she's <laughs> just there to be annoying corporate stooge esque science person. Yeah, and there for exposition. Yeah, yeah she's fine. Like, yeah, but it's it also thing. just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> And the fact that they're the brother and sister, you know, it's like, ooh, tension. But uh, like, not really. Yeah, everybody is, it can literally be summed up in one or two words. Yeah. She's like the scientist. Yeah. The other UAC personnel is Pinky, who's the IT guy. Yeah. And then you've got the Serge. Oh, you've also got, he's the coward. Uh, he's yeah. the coward slash com, com... No, he's not really comedic comedy relief. Uh, he is a bit of, of, of like he's, comedic he's, relief. He's like, if R2-D2 could actually talk, he's like the sarcastic... <laughs> IT yeah. guy? Yeah, no, he's just a guy who watches the cameras and tells them where other people are. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the Marines, you've got Sarge, who's the Sarge, and Reaper, who's the protagonist, and Destroyer, who's the tough guy. And he's Duke is. Massive oh, he's too. Fucking huge. He's got, he's got like a big, like fucking hip mounted, like minigun. Mini yeah, he's a big bastard. Yeah, and Duke is the Joker. Goat's your religious guy. Portman is your pervert. Kid is your kid, <laughs> kid slash yeah. you guy. Just like that. Portman is the standard, standard issue pervert yeah, of and, the group. And, and, and he Max. really is. It's Richard Bra- Blake. Break? Break? Blake. I can't remember. But yeah, and he, he plays really skeezy guy really, really well. Yeah, he does. And Mac is also there. And Mac is, in fact, so much also there that you didn't even let me get to the end of the characters before. <laughs> no, fuck Mac. Everybody else does. Yeah, no, Mac's just... Yeah, Max just there too. He, he, doesn't, just, he, he yeah. doesn't even, he literally doesn't even get any characterization because in that opening scene where you're like introduced to them and you pretty much get it all from there. Duke's pl- sitting there and playing a video game and, and like, Be like jokes. come on, baby. Yeah, and cracking jokes. Uh, Destroyer's hitting oranges with a baseball bat for some reason, but he's being big and tough. I just love the fact that they're all made, they're part of this like rapid response recovery team thing. They're supposed to be like highly trained personnel who go in on specialist missions and they make them all share one small bunk room. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and they're what, six months, they're due for leave. For the last six months, and their transport out is five minutes late. Oh, but of course they're they're, yeah. they're due for the. They've got to hit that cliche, like they. Oh yeah, it, I'm surprised one of them was isn't like a day away from retirement. Well, yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> but they have the kid on his first mission. Yeah. Instead of the well, he gets his... basically gets initiated into it right then and there. Yeah. When Serge comes down to give them the mission, he's like, "You're now a member of the Rapid Response Recovery, whatever." Yeah. Double RTC. <laughs> But yeah, even in that scene, you get, like I said, destroyers being all tough and, and smacking things with a baseball bat. Portman's being a pervert, and then Portman is hilarious because he's got like the white slacks and the white shoes with like the, the Hawaiian shirt. shirt on, and he's what going to go down to Mexico. Uh, I can't remember. This is like El Hanto or something like that, Han- and, yeah. and get a bottle of tequila and three she boys, and have himself a good old time. Yep. So he's clearly the pervert, and Goat then says he's disgusting and that he doesn't want to listen to him. So I was like, all right, you're the the he's the super the conservative guy. one. Grim is um, somebody cleaning makes, his guns. Yeah. He's so his, he's like the, the straight up, you know. Yeah, he's the straight man and the, something to do with the kid. Well, yeah, he's like, yeah, you find out the rock's like, right, you're when he's saying, right, guys, it's time to go with the kid. You're now activated. 
And Matt gets nothing. Matt's just the guy who's throwing oranges for the destroyer. Yeah. So Matt, he, he literally, they're all one dimensional characters and Matt gets nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Matt has zero dimensions. Yeah, I just, I don't understand <laughs> yeah. it. It's like not, we Because need... he could have been a really fun character. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to see this guy go like hand to hand with something or like pull out some like mad, you know that episode in The Simpsons where the... No, I want to see the guy in the white suit do something. Something, yeah. That's, I that's what I, that's yeah. what you, you pretty much you think Mac is there because he, he says more or less nothing up to that point and you think, oh yeah, he's and probably like, going to have some like, it's probably why I thought he had a fucking sword. Like, <laughs> I'm sure that's racist of me, but like, I, like, yeah, you think, okay, well, there's an Asian guy there and they even make that joke about like, where Pinky's like, you don't look like a Mac and he says this very Asian sounding name yeah. that I'm not even going to attempt no. to pronounce. And Pinky's like, oh yeah, so Mac. Mac yeah. So you're like, okay, yeah, so fine. Yeah, th- but then nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then nothing. he just dies. Yeah. Spoiler. Like a punk. <laughs> it's not even like a punk. He just turns around and his head gets taken off. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the characters. Yeah, that's the characters. Now, um, the plot you do is- get, now you do get, there is a couple of other ancillaries. You get Dr. Carmack, who you see in the very opening sequence of the film, which is scientists running scared away from something they're getting like whipped off left, right, and right, kind of like the Velociraptors there's, there's taking like, out the kids. There's like the three field. of them, three or four of them running. Yeah. And they're being chased by a couple of things or people. But there's only supposed to be six people in that facility. Yeah. I well, seven know. if you include the guy they were experimenting on, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I think it is like just spoiler. that one thing chasing him. Well, we said it was going to be spoiler heavy, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're getting chased by a big fucking thing. You don't see what it is. Down little, small, narrow levels. Which look exactly like the levels in the game. Which uh, is small, well, identical yeah, they, corridors that's really easy to get lost in. I know, I think they took a lot of visual cues from the Doom 3 video game, which was yeah. like a couple of years or maybe even a year or two before it. Yeah, well, I do. Sarge's character is based on one of the characters yeah. from that game. That's because that's one of the only games that has a story, yeah, basically. Yeah, well, id or ID Software did work quite closely with Stan Winston's studio, who did all the creature effects for this yeah. and did all the suits, which is why this. Does look brilliant. Yeah, well, that's the the creatures themselves, like the likes of the Hell Knight and the various imps and stuff like that that you've got going on in this, look fantastic because it was guys in suits. It yeah. was Brian. Brian Steele. Who is amazing. He was Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. He was in a lot of Underworld. He was Mr. Wink in Hellboy 2. Basically, if you're, if it's a big burly guy in a suit, it's yes. probably him. Yeah, basically, if it's a really, really, really big monster, that's prosthetics. It's Brian Steele inside it. If it's a really skinny, gangly monster, it's Doug, it's Jones. Doug Jones inside it, who's, who's inside the imp suits. Who's in this. the imps, yeah. Who would, again, he was Abe Simeon. Yeah. He was the. Uh, he's, he's been, been in, in loads fucking of everything. He's uh, the demon, one of the demons in Hush in Buffy. Yeah. He, yeah, um, yeah. No, he's literally easy. He's it, the he's, tall, skinny guy. He's did loads of like Pan's Labyrinth work, that sort of thing. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, like, loves he's him. in yeah, loads of his stuff. And what I thought was really, really nice in this is when the movie ends and it does you know the credit thing where it gives you like all the main actors they get credited they get credited in that yeah they're after based they're after kind of the main uh, cast the main cast but before, but before the, the rock yeah so they're just up before the rock but yeah it's a really nice touch to actually give the creature guys some proper credit for a yeah. change because yeah those guys work really fucking hard they've got to emote through all that shit and well, they're no all emo- no emoting in this one <laughs> no but they've still got it number one they got to get into that shit and there's so much extra yeah. work they were saying like there's um, Doug Jones was saying he I think the pair of them had to get their bodies cast about six or seven times yeah because they each wear two or three suits in this so they had to get like full body cast and then bits and parts and then they're going in for testing 
shifting and hang, having to move in it and yeah. you know their jobs are so fucking hard <laughs> I do like but it looks then when you see it on screen and especially now we're, we're watching it what it's my maths is really bad 17 years later thank you the monsters still look great. They do. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a couple of shitty shots in it, but considering, like, I, I was actually surprised at how well it held up, considering it was early 2000s. It's Stan action. Winston. He did Jurassic Park. Stan Winston Studios. It wasn't actually Stan Winston. No, but still, like, he, he, they did, but, they're the, they're the company that did Jurassic Park. But they're, I had, they're I had, the prosthetic people. I had kind of forgotten that, and I just, it, it, this film does kind of slot in with that early to mid 2000s action sci-fi horror films of which there was a good like you know AVP Resident Evil Underworld even Play 2 there's tons of films kind of like yeah. this and some of them really don't hold up well and the ones that tend to tend to be the ones that are prosthetic heavy I yeah. think I kind of forgot that this was because the one or two dodgy shots where they are CGI enhanced don't look great and those were the ones I remember. No, and because a lot of it was done with actual modelling, like when she's waving the blood over the tongue, yeah. and the tongue actually moves, and they have something physical there to react to. Yeah. The same with the imp stuck in the nanite wall, who's just like, nah, yeah. they have it hooked up to the IV, and they can actually interact with it. Yeah. And you can see it there, and you can show it under full light, and it's all horrible, and but you can still see that it's actual human anatomy that's skewed. Yeah. I think is a really nice touch no, on good. having the prosthetics and actually having the thing there and being able to manipulate it mm. makes a huge difference I think in this oh definitely and that's probably one of the, the stronger points of it and one of the things that draws us to it yeah and and apart from it's just kind of silliness <laughs> is that yeah no the creatures are actually really oh, well fairness, done I think the only reason anyone ever uh, uh, the main draw for people going to see this in a cinema was the first person shooter sequence because that was oh, yeah. Yeah, what that it was, was marketed for was like it was the first ever like this was shot like this and it still looks great. Yeah, it hasn't. It's probably one of the parts that's held up the least well because it uses the most CG. Yeah. But yeah, it's still great fun. And it does feel like when you're playing a game, yeah, that's running it. through hallways and stuff, the way the camera moves and pans around because... That was the way it was. You couldn't, like, rotate the camera before you turned or anything like mm. that. It was full on. And it's it's funny in a way because it's almost like, as I say, it doesn't hold up well. But it's not like watching other films where you go, oh, fuck, that really looks awful because... It was still Well, no, it is. It That first person scene is so video gamey. It's not like where you'd have your suspension of disbelief broken because, oh, that looks dodgy and that looks terrible. And that monster looks bad. It's like playing a game from two or three consoles ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really affect it as bad. But that yeah, might just no, be me. I, no, I do. I get that because I went back to try and play one of the Grand Theft Autos on our old Xbox 360. Yeah. And I couldn't get around the controllers being so fucking clunky. <laughs> but that, yeah, I totally get that. I was like, it moved the way those that era of console moved. Yeah. And the way the camera the, moves in it. The visual's not holding up, just kind of feels like I'm playing an older game. I do like the fact that in that sequence that I felt that the monster that catches fire, mm. that is totally something where you're like, just spray and pray shooting. Oh, and yeah. accidentally set something on fire and be like, oh shit, that works. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Run away some more. But it, yeah, apart from the, the prosthetics in the creatures, there's nothing that really kind of is like standout amazing and fun in this, like, like great in this film. No. The action is fine. Like everything else is just fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I still love it and I can't really decide why. Uh, yeah, I don't know why 
I love this one, but I do. It's stupid. Yeah, it's super it, fun. Sarge's like escalating madness is brilliant, and it's just like every time he goes back to the med bay, he, he gets, gets more and more insane. He's like, <laughs> and I kind of don't blame him because the first time he comes back is when they bring back. Carmack and he's a little bit crazy and they're Can trying I to just find out have a moment for the guy who plays Carmack stellar job that guy that weird lip thing that he does with the tremoring <laughs> yeah, yeah that is so fucking creepy when they come up like because he got him at the start he's the one doctor now he's a fucking asshole because he's at the front of the herd that is running from <laughs> yep. this. He's a little wiry bastard. Yep. And he shuts the door on a girl, on another doctor, and she puts her arm through. And it's a lovely touch. The arm, the door crushes through the arm and it falls. And the hand relaxes. Yeah. No, that's it's a nice a, little touch. It's a just lovely little touch to that. And it, and then he, he's the one who sends out this distress call and states that they've had a level five quarantine breach and to shut everything down and he's visibly panicked and you totally get it and he looks kind of like he has a great face for looking stressed mm. he looks panicked and, and stressed out and he does that really well but when they find him later on when he's gone a bit cuckoo bananas yes the way he's when they have him he's not like he's cornered but he's like hyperventilating yeah. and it's almost like he's got the start of like rabies or something like that yeah no he is he plays it as kind of rabbit he does yeah he and he's only in a few minutes of the film but, but yeah he, he does is, play that bit really really brilliant. well and then when he's they've got him back to the med bay and he grabs her and is like make it stop or why switch it off or whatever he's saying to her yeah I, I can't and remember just the, the panic and the mania in his eyes it just I just felt that it was a really, really good, really like amazing performance for such a small part. Uh, yeah, no, no, I probably like one of the best performances in the film. Probably one of the only good performances in the film because as much as I love Kyle Urban and and any of the other people in this, yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not great acting. Uh, No, um, goats a bit. Oh no, hang on. Before we get into the other characters, back to to Serge and his med bay visits. Uh, It's (laughs) It's like every time he goes back and saves. Yeah, he he goes. He goes. Well, the first time they go there is when they're bringing Carmack there, and it's like he's like, okay, so this guy's gotten kind of crazy. We can't get any info out of him. Let's go off and, and find out some more. And then he comes back, and Carmack's gone. Yeah, but they have like one of the and things. goats. Yeah, but goats dead, and they now have one of the things. So it was yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? And they go off again, and the next time they come back, goats dead again. Go yeah, goats dead again, <laughs> and there's a Carmack's, thing stuck in the Carmack's wall. That, in the wall that he finds out is Carmack, and he just he and just they have destroyer. That's when they bring back destroyer yeah. that time, which is really fucking sad. They just, yeah, actually, that's a nice little bit. Every time he loses a team member, he gets more crazy. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, no, and just the escalating craziness each time he gets to the med bay cracks me up. But that's a nice, there's a nice little throwaway bit when they bring Destroyer back after he's been killed, spoiler, which is that, <laughs> which is that Duke is like, holy shit, is that Destroyer? And is like, oh man, is like, you know, I'm here with you. And he's like trying to like wake him up. And it's, yeah. it's not focused on at all. It's just happening in the background while Sarge and Samantha are having their argument about the, what's going on there. Yeah, the thing in the wall that's hooked up to the IV and just kind of going, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was a nice little bit. Well, because he they also do try and... he was talking about 
Duke was talking to Samantha about family and, and he says, he says they, that they they grew up together. They were kind of all each other had. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was more that got cut or anything like that or not because yeah, Duke's the only one that they, they well, apart from the the, the ham-fisted backstory and, and attempts at, at um, making us sympathise with the protagonist that they give us. Duke's the only one that they actually seem to try and develop in any way, shape or form. Yeah. He's hilarious though. He is. I was quite sad when Duke went. And Duke, why the fuck did they kill? Is it just because they forgot, like, that they had to kill Duke off? Yeah, I feel like they either forgot that they had to kill Duke off. Also, her reaction to that scene makes no sense to me because it's compared to everything else she has gone through. Yeah. That she, okay, she does have her moments where she's screaming and stuff like that. But when Duke dies. Yeah. Which is, okay, would not like to go out that way. It's kind of gross. But she is freaking the fuck out in the corner and it's way more exaggerated than anything else considering she goes on then to inject him with chromosome 24 that's, then that's, leave him that's, and be on her that's own that's after the, the injection no because that's no because that's when the bullet hits off the nano wall and shoots him in the stomach Duke goes through the grate in the floor oh sorry yeah, yeah, yeah Sarge right. gets yeah, dragged yeah, out right, and goes right. I wasn't supposed to yeah, die yeah, yeah yeah and he gets dragged through the nano wall and ba-ding, ba-ding, and we're going to yeah. inject you with this because you're my brother and I know you're good yeah yeah which big leap of faith right there but I yeah her reaction I think because they were trying to play up that like something was happening between her and Duke like that they were no, developing it just, feelings it really for each other. Do, but yeah, it was just one of those bits that it just made no they, sense to me because she's like really freaking out. And then about well, two just, seconds later, she's like, I'm going to inject you with this shit. And like, they hadn't earned it yet. Yeah. That was it, was it? They hadn't earned it yet. And yeah, Duke's death comes out of nowhere and it's like they forgot that they had to kill him off. Yeah. Or they decided, fuck, we haven't put enough development between him. So, no, him it and, just, and Samantha. Yeah, I, I, I would have been no happy to have point, Duke. If she had freaked out like that at the very beginning, it would have made sense. Or if it had been an escalation of hysteria, it would have made sense. But it it's just one a one-off where she realises he's being dragged through a grate in the floor. She freaks the fuck out. And then she's calm again. Yeah, Even well, though I mean, her brother's just been shot and is bleeding out on the floor. Well, she's a lot calmer in that situation. <laughs> maybe, maybe they actually did forget to kill him off. And then had to come back and do some reshoots. And, and they it just was got just the a bit they just, they just got the two actors. They just got her in one day to do some scream reaction shots. And they got him in one day to do the pull through the floor shot because like at the end of the day, they were sitting back and watching the film and they were like, okay, cool. So everything coming through and then we have our big final fight. And then Carl Urban and Rosamund Pike go up in the elevator and film is over. And then somebody went, hang on. What happened to Duke? Well, well, well you know, we saw Duke a while ago running around with Serge and then he just wasn't in the film yeah. anymore. Fuck, did we forget to kill him off? So, yeah, because it does, it feels just like out of nowhere yeah. and just throw away. Now we're getting rid of Duke. Now, the only character we've tried to develop in any way, we're just going to kill him off, practically off screen. Yeah. And then with, yeah, some overacted response shots from... Husband Pike. Because <laughs> they really are. That was the one thing that bothered me because I actually quite like her for a female in this sort of situation. She does have a lot of authority and it's nice to see her being... It not being the atypical kind of female character in a ho- in a action horror film. Yeah, and she's more she's she's a, like she's she's got more she's character. there like cutting them up and like she's doing fucking autopsy. She's actually using her time well. Yeah, and she's like, like she's like, do, doing autopsy. She's trying to find out what's going on. She's doing the little experiments with the brain matter and stuff like that. After Goat kills himself. Yeah, she's winding up Duke, being like, "What are you afraid of, Nano Walls?" And, and yeah. you know, go and get me that bone saw and stuff like that. She's got yeah, she's got more charm and and characterization to her than the protagonist. And like she she stands up to Sarge and stuff like that. So that whole reaction, because immediately after that she snaps back into authoritative figure. Mm. So that whole reaction 
just didn't it just really seemed out of character and like really but, out of place yeah but the, t- the writing is by no means the strongest no, part no it just, it just has all. an observation on my part that I oh no you're right yeah no weird. no it is it's way overacted it's way overacted yeah. and way out, out of like sync with the rest of the film because the only other time that she screams at anything is when the, mo- the first monster is revealed to her on the body bag and yeah. even then it's just like a jump back it's like a, what the fuck is that get and, a stick poke it poke and it. then yeah immediately, <laughs> immediately the scientific curiosity overtakes it's yeah. just like what now but um, a, a thought did just occur to me as to why this film does appeal to us so much which is that it very much follows the aliens playbook the old, oh yeah the old Jim Cameron playbook of characters exposition characters exposition and character development up explosions. front half and then explosions and actions at the back half <laughs> And it very much follows that, yeah, that sort of pattern. So that that could be one of the reasons. It's just it's like a a cheap knockoff alien that we like, yeah, <laughs> or knockoff aliens. Also, I like the way Thingy goes out. What's his name? Portman. Uh, in the toilet. Yeah. Well, getting over the, the shit, toilet. Getting the shit knocked out of him in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he deserves it though. Yeah. He deserves it. I also really like the conversation between him and the kid, where the kid's as basically asking for drugs. Oh, Portman makes him ask for it yeah. explicitly, even and though he, he just, knows. He, no, do you know what I really like about that is it's quite dark, but the way Portman keeps appearing over the kid's left-hand shoulder yeah. with this really menacing grin. Yeah. And it's just the the whites of his eyes and the teeth he can really, really see, and it's a real Cheshire Cat grin. Yeah. I just really like that. Yeah, no, Portman... With Rich- the southern accent, I was like, ooh, devil on your shoulder. Portman is just Richard Brake or Blake, whichever it is. It's I think it's just him having a hell of a lot of fun. He just he read the he read the script for the character and just went, Oh yeah, I'm gonna ham the shit out of this. Yeah. I'm gonna have so much fun. Yeah. And I I think he had a a blast he, just playing none this of, ridiculous None of them program. have ever hammed the shit out of it quite as much as Frank Langella as Skeletor. No, no. <laughs> but but he Richard Brake does have a good shot at it. Yeah, he, he comes close. <laughs> he definitely comes close. One of the other things that I really like about this film, and and just I like it when everybody dies in a film. Yes, and everybody dies in this film. Well, except for two characters, everybody dies in yeah. this film, and most of, a lot of the deaths you don't even see. But there's you know there's what like seventy odd people on the Mars base, and then a couple of hundred or whatever in the Earth base. Yeah, they're all dead. And yeah, everybody dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> everybody dies. I don't know why I like films where everybody dies. Yes, unmitigated slaughter. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Apparently, there was a lot of gore cut out of it, and I'm wondering: is it scenes of them just running around shooting innocent people yeah. that they cut out? Yeah, probably. Because yeah, because there is only the few actual monsters in it. And yeah, there's there seems a lot to of zombies, be, uh, like uh, zombie like things. An incubation period between infection and actually morphing into the big thing. Yeah, well, it seems to be like you die and then you turn into the big thing. Yeah, it's not like T virus in Resident Evil that just mutates you. Yeah, well, I don't think I don't think they talk clearly through exactly the. No, well, wherever this is, it seems to inject it into you. If it's the tongue thing, because they keep because we see it happening to goat. Yeah, and then it's in the blood, and it's something to do with what's in the blood. Yeah, they keep doing this thing where they start off what sounds like a scientific explanation about something, and then they fucking faff it at the end with some airy fairy bullshit. Like when she's talking about the chromosome 24 thing at the end and she's like saying that why does, with the, the bit with the tongue. Oh, like, the markers. Yeah, that it's picking some people. Why is it picking this person? Why isn't it picking that? And that there's, there are genetic markers for things like psychopathy and stuff like that. And he's like, what? Like a marker for evil? And up to that point, it's, it's kind of sciencey. 
And then she turns around and says, well, 10% of the human genome is unmarked. Some say it's the blueprint for the soul. No. And what you ever fuck off. They do it about three or four times in the film where they start an explanation of something. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is some light sci-fi. But, you know, at least you're making it an yeah, attempt to like, make it sound science Why does this chromosome, which is a synthetic creation, mm. it's like, oh, it turns some people good and some people evil. Like, all they have to say is it enhances the attributes that you have. You know, if you're, yeah. whichever your affinity is, if you're going to go with, say, the likes of the Night Watch, good and evil, yeah. light and dark morality yeah, yeah. thing, just use that sort of explanation. Don't be like, oh, it's doing it based on like a protein marker or there's a pheromone. or <laughs> Like it's, it's choosing. It's not on a fucking speed date with you. It's just biting people. Yeah, it's... They try and go Also, why would a synthetic... Sorry, I'm going to get a little bit rambly here. That's all right. Why would a synthetic chromosome have the ability to choose who to infect? It's a fucking chromosome. Well, no, I think that... I think what they were trying to go for there was that when an evil... Also, as an apex species, why would it want to create more things that are a direct competition to itself? Well, strength in numbers. But then you've also got... Let me answer one of your questions at a time, (laughs) goddammit. But no, I think what they're trying to say there is it's not that the, the chromosome is choosing. It's that the infected, mutated person wants to infect and mutate more of itself and it to make more of itself. And it knows that it can't change everybody. Some people it will turn into superhuman Carla bands and others it will turn into imps and hell yeah, uh... And it is able to sniff out that genetic marker in people. So it knows that's how it as a being knows which people to turn and which not to. It's not that the chromosome can somehow detect it. I know. It just, I, I have to. Again, it's bullshit. I know. It's purely badly (laughs) explained bullshit. Like. I know. I just always have this thing when it's like, oh, this thing, all this thing wants to do is reproduce like a virus. Why? Why does it want to consume all the resources that are available to itself? It's it's supposed to be a predatory species. You are going to end up with more mouths to feed than there is shit to eat. But that's kind of my point. In a closed environment. Don't don't try and make it science-y if you're just going to fast the fucking ending. Because Because I'll show up with my fucking endless questions. Exactly. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's... I mean, we said it a couple of times, I think, in the the boys' records. Don't set something up. And, and not then... explain it, because I am anal retentive enough to fucking know this. Well, not even not explain it, but don't set something up and then actively counteract it. And, and it, <laughs> it is kind of this. is like, yeah, you, you, you've said a few various things, but some of them contradict each other and other things we could just poke holes in very easily. But, like I say, the writing in this isn't particularly strong and probably could have benefited from Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright taking a pass at it. But oh, they, yeah, script they, they refused to do so, apparently. Yeah. But, yeah, because seriously, some of it is. Like, the, there's that... I'm really... sorry, Semper Fi, motherfucker, is still one of the best, like, entrance lines. Semper Fi, motherfucker, was great. And when Portman is given out about having to get in the sewer and he's like, oh, when they say... <laughs> Basically, every interaction with Portman. like, oh, when they said down the shits, I didn't think they meant it literally. And Sarge is just like, get in the hole, Portman. Every interaction with Portman's great because it's generally, shut up, Portman. Yeah. And and it was a perfect role for Rock because, uh, not that he's like one of the most talented actors in the world or anything now with a huge range or anything, but in this, it was perfect for him because all he was able to do was ham it up. And all this role needed was Han. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Emperor Five Motherfucker is just I just great. love, 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 love the fact that they put him in these big clumpy boots because 
he still he had had a really successful career as a wrestler, but he still wasn't as like physically massive as he is now. Yeah, like you look at him, you go, oh look, it's little baby rock. <laughs> yeah, he's got these big clumpy boots on. Like he's not even the biggest person in the cast because the guy who plays Destroyer is like taller. He's is fucking bit- huge. He's- <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that guy's fucking huge. And I love the fact that he lasts a really long time in a one to one on one with the Hell Knight, and he's they're like pushing the shit out of each <laughs> that's other. That's one of the more ridiculous parts of the film. That because- what the thing that annoys me about that is it's so dark. It could have that's a scene that could have benefited from some like soft ambient lighting. Yeah, because uh, you do lose some of because the- they they tried to play around with it a bit with the fact that it's the electrified cage. Yeah, and when things are smacking off it, you're getting light. Also, what the, how the what sort of plug does that computer monitor have? Oh, it's because, got like six cables tied together. Because he's like swinging it around the place. Yeah, and then when the hell I grabs it and swings it back, why doesn't he just let go instead of getting flung across the I room? I know, and into the electric. But he, wall. yeah, he takes an insane amount of damage and just keeps getting on up and and like throwing punches at yeah. this giant demon thing. He's basically Spoon. Uh, Spoon's way better. Yeah. But he he falls in, so he gets like bashed around the place by the hell Knight and then gets thrown in. Hits a couple of chains on the way down and lands in that pit. Has the big fight with the Hell Knight. Gets electrified. Get, yeah, gets electrocuted a couple of times. Gets thrown around the place a few more times. Climbs up a chain to get out. And when he's not, probably around the same height he was to begin with, yeah. the Hell Knight grabs the chain and pulls it back down. And he falls straight down. And that's what kills him. He hits the back of his head because when they find him later on, he's there and you can see the pool of blood and his eyes are wide open. Yeah, I which don't is know. actually quite annoying. You can tell straight away because he's got like the the sightless, yeah, the, but, the sightless stare. But for everything else, he yeah, took, for everything like, else oh, he took, come on, that that was <laughs> that shouldn't have killed him. No, good, but it's no spoon. No, it's, it's no definitely spoon. no spoon. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that is probably whoever. I didn't even bother looking at who wrote this, but uh, <laughs> whoever wrote this, so you can tell there's a few parts that they thought they were very clever. That line about you should have been looking at a microscope and not a sniper scope. You know they were very proud of themselves when they wrote that fucking line. There's some fucking awful lines in this. And uh, fuck the whole, um, I can't think of the word, this this speaker system that's telling you. pre-recorded message that states that all citizens have now been evacuated that all personnel no all citizens all personnel to an empty facility yeah if all personnel UAC uh, personnel you're gonna one of the guys who wrote this wrote Wonder Woman 1984 Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings John Claude Von Johnson yeah um, I did look it up actually Mortal Kombat Zombieland did, Double Tap did the screenplay for them yeah uh, Godzilla The Expendables 2 did all the Expendables yeah yeah I remember looking them up yeah so, what was I yeah. ranting about Oh, the the Tannoy recordings? Yeah. Why would you play it to an empty fucking place if they had all been evacuated? And they hadn't all been fucking evacuated because there were still like three of them there and all those dead scientists. I know. And oh, that terrible, terrible, heavy-handed bit of foreshadowing when they're in the helicopter at the start. Oh, when the lights turn red and you're like, oh, wow, I wonder who's going to turn evil. But it's, it's, uh, Carlerman says... Uh, you gotta face your demons at some point. Cue lights turning red immediately and cut to the rock staring at him like ominously. It's like, wow, that is some choice foreshadowing. <laughs> that really red is. light means they go. And, and while, while we're on the, the shitting on things train, there is a terrible lack of safety around the arc travel, isn't there? I'm so, like, not so much as, not so much as a safety I love the fact that like, yeah, they walk in and it's like this glowing light thing. And I was like, oh. My stupid brain went, oh, you stand in the light thing. Like, it's a fucking transporter from Star Trek. 
Well, I think that's the implication is that you stand but there. But then your man stands really... F- he goes, oh, don't stand too close to the core. You might so- get sucked in. Then stands about two foot from the fucking core. And no, it's the whole point not to get sucked into it. I so know! You, no. <laughs> like this this wobbly part of thing. if you're just some poor bastard intern going past and you trip and fall into it? Like there's not even like a, you know, a minimum safe distance. Like a piece of like black and yellow tape stand behind this yellow line on the floor yeah. or anything and considering the way that fucking elevator comes up out of the ground like it's oh my god fucking... oh my god is that how they found it were they grazing like sheep or something on that and it came launching out of the ground and just yeeted a sheep into space well it doesn't come up that fast no but it'd be really fucking funny <laughs> yes but yeah considering <laughs> the way that elevator comes up and is all fancy yeah not so much as a safety railing no around the actual thing that transports you to an entirely different planet yeah built by things things that we don't know what they were yeah who obviously don't give a shit about safety either but like at least put up a cordon <laughs> yeah like, I just yeah because I'm a naturally very clumsy individual and I would be the poor bastard who just happened to like trip one day yeah and like get sucked in or yeah, lose no, a I, foot in it yeah I, I, I was very disappointed by the lack and of safety and there's a lot of people and it's not like it's in like it. it's not like it's like an embarkation room that's like off to the side they're literally like come into the there's facility. fucking kids it's in the middle of the lobby there's fucking kids at that facility both the Mars ones and the, the Earth ones yeah there's kids and the, it's the, in the what middle the fuck? It's like if you walked into a fucking hotel and this was in the middle of the lobby. Because that's yeah. where it is. Because when yeah. they, he's like, oh, welcome to the Ark. And you expect him to come through this like kind of big facility and into this thing. It's like, no, it's right there. Yeah. And it's there's not no... like, like at least in Stargate, you have to get through the big door in the mountain. And there's no security on top. Okay, granted that elevator looks like it goes pretty far down. And when it's... Why does the elevator have a glass roof if it goes down that deep? I don't know. And and there's there's no security on top, which I'm guessing maybe you don't need a lot of security when the, the ground is... Security. is Well, you know, this, yeah. this elevator is hidden in the ground. But yeah, no, there's there's kids. There's a ton of kids in that facility and they're just letting them fucking run around. I also am like, do they have all the kids sign NDAs? Because I'm pretty sure they don't understand what that means. Because um, there's some top secret shit going on Yeah, what, what, what kind of fucking dodgy human experimentation corporation let people just have their kids come to work with them take your kids to work day yeah yeah the, the kids thing. sir she's my daughter and I love her <laughs> nice robot chicken reference <laughs> do you see it's because of people like you that Jerry doesn't get to see his daughter <laughs> But yeah, so the lack of bag safety was was quite frankly shocking. <laughs> quite frankly Shocked. shocking. And I will I will be sending a letter to their supervisors. I just I don't know why it never occurred to me, but I was like but we were like, oh, you know, it's in the future, people are smart, but we both work with the general public and I I can say this. People as a whole, not a smart race. No. And speaking <laughs> of, there's there's that line about how when they get back to Earth about how they can't reset the the quarantine because they've been locked out. And the kid is like, What, they're locking us out of computers now? And Duke is like, uh yeah, they used to be rocket scientists. And it's like at no point have we seen any of the infected people exhibit any sort of intelligent behaviour. No, they're, they're all they're all just raving lunatics. Yeah. Like like Carmack was a rambling lunatic any the other ones they found on the Mars base were trying to attack them and stuff so yeah nobody was setting no fucking yeah there's not one people going around wearing systems. like thick rimmed glasses and pocket, uh, pocket protector <laughs> yeah. this isn't 
gremlins too. He didn't get into a batch of super intelligence serum. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That that was a weird one. Yeah. But again, and yeah, the no, script, they're not, not the strong point of this film. No, an <laughs> ST grenade just sounds like something that it sounds like a medical event. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> like I, that happens in New Orleans following Mardi Gras. Yeah. <laughs> but the the aforementioned sewers. Oh, Why are there sewers. sewers on fucking Mars? Why is there that much water, wastewater on a planet that is dead? That Why is also- there that much wastewater for a facility that only has 75 people? Also, it's an open excavation site, which implies that Mars has some form of atmosphere. Yeah, the whole and and when there's that they're really not terrible... really that fussed. Like the the pressure door is literally just a pressure door. It's not like there's no airlock or anything to it. It's literally one door. Yeah, so like, and if they're excavating, are they excavating underground? No, it, they show the excavation site <laughs> like, and it's got yeah, like, ladders it's, and shit. Yeah, on I it. know. And but they don't seem to be wearing suits or anything like that. And when we hear the kind of flashback that Carl Urban is having when he's oh, thinking gosh. like oh it's terribly done it's fucking atrocious oh. but when he's like you no, know you can hear don't. yeah it's like don't you hear two kids out. running around and their parents telling them not to run around and it's like they're not shouting to each other between spacesuits no they're shouting at each other <laughs> out in the open and we have been told that Mars cannot Support like, life. That's why they test weapons up there. Yeah, and that's why she's so sure that it's not a creature that's come from outside the facility. And like, yeah, to support life, you need air. <laughs> so yeah, that the was... The sixth man, he didn't have a suit on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but again, plot holes and this film. Yeah. There are many. There are many. Yeah. I did find that the, the big fight scene at the end was a little bit anticlimactic because it came directly after the kick-ass first-person shooter scene. Yeah. Or was that just me? Yeah, it was a little bit. Also, I think the way you don't get enough of the rock turning into the big thing. No, and he looks kind of pants when he does turn in. Yeah, I know they, again, they did a lot of the work with, with face prosthetics and trying to they make it look believable. It just didn't look great. I thought it was weird. It still looked better than Scorpion King. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not hard, though. No. Yeah, but I just, it, it's, it's a weird... He looked like he was turning into one of the, the fucking... He the... looked like he was turning into a Buffy vampire. Yeah. Yeah, or legend. But it's just yeah, it's it's a weird because the, everything that happens in the, the the first person shooter scene is so quick and snappy, and then this fight scene is mostly a slow fist fight where they're like swinging each other around and yeah. throwing each other through it, walls. It, it's and stuff. kind of and very, it's very similar to the fight scene at the end of Ravenous where they're both kind of wrecked. But that's way better. That is way better. Whereas and this is just kind of a sluggy in in Ravenous just a big old slug them out. In Ravenous, it's two now super powered cannibals. Who are beating the shit out of each other, and you can tell because they are like really doing damage to each other. In this, it's supposed to be stop it, Babu, be quiet. But yeah, in this, it's supposed to be superpowered Carol Urban and now evil superpowered The Rock. And apart from like some big jumps and like bending a metal bar around arms, there's it kind of just looks like a, a fight between two dudes. Yeah. So yeah, I found it very anticlimactic. Yeah, it got a bit weak. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just because the first person shooter scene is there and it's so frantic and fast. Especially when they do the whole thing at the start of it, where they're like, you know, taking off the weapons belts and taking off the armor, and you're like, yeah, it's gonna be a big. And it does start off quite quick and snappy. Yeah. But then it just turns into a straight up brawl. Yeah. It's like and the rock. You think, oh, you have the rock, and it's supposed to be like this big superpowered brawl. Have him do some like 
he knows like moves and stuff. You know that he's able to chore- he can be choreographed to do like fancy holds and lifts and throws. Mm. He's he's used to that. He he was a wrestler. And they don't even utilize any of that stuff because that would have been fun to see him dropping yeah, I feel like, elbows. I feel like what they should have done if Reaper's supposed to be this like super strong, super strong, and but he, also the character, he's the good guy yeah. and he's the straight man. He'd have just shot, he he has one bullet left that he shoots into the ground or shoots into the air. He should have just shot Sarge in the face, yeah, and then had a big fight with a uh, Hell Knight or something. Had a big fist fight, punch or up shot, for the hell like. No, if he had shot Star, if he had shot Sarge when he at the end of the first person sequence, and then gone and found Samantha, and yeah. as they're trying to leave, Sarge comes back as a Hell Knight, and then they have the big brawl. And the only way you can tell it's Sarge by like the dog tags, or you can see the Semper Fi tattoo on his yeah. back or something weird like that, and then they have a big ass brawl. Yeah, for that me, would have been better. Yeah, for me, it just I thought it was annoying that he he fires off one last bullet that he has. Yeah. So yeah, have him or yeah, have him fire that bullet at Sarge, kill him, and then yeah, a couple of seconds later he comes back, even if it's not as a hell night, just as it was as we saw. Yeah. And then fire him. I was just like, it would have been a nice little like gag as well. You could still have your classic monster coming back at the end. Yeah. But or yeah, there's what a few. Would have been funnier would have been the kid coming back as a monster. Yeah, but yeah, there's a few missed opportunities. I, I feel yeah. like in that like they could have said for example like they could have found out some more information about the aliens in the past and that that was actually why they built the Ark because they were so desperate to escape what they had done to their own planet I by think creating that's these kind monsters of implied. it's the implication but it's not like this film yeah. to have any deeper things no, implied that, in is, that is the one nice bit when they're talking about Lucy the skeleton with the baby and it is that there is horror on the, the faces of those skeletons yeah. And just that not that little thing of you don't shield an infant. You don't from, shield a baby from time. From time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why one of the like the deepest moments that they get into when they're talking about the arch- the archaeology yeah. of it. Yeah, I and I like the line when Sam is commenting on his nickname and she's like Reaper as in Grim and he's just like, They're Marines, Sam, they're not poets. Yeah. <laughs> it was a was a, a good line. I'll give them that one. Yeah. That line was good and Semper Fine motherfuckers. <laughs> two lines, they can have those two lines. But I mean, like we've spent the last fifteen or twenty minutes or hour more shitting on it, but I still I love it, and I'm still gonna watch it every I don't know every couple of years. Yeah, because I I really enjoy it. It's Doom. Yeah, it's Doom. Yeah, you've just like it's if it's the movie when you don't know what to watch and you're in a stupid mood. Yeah, throw it on. Yeah, it's it's popcorn a, soda. Yeah. It's it's a shade at the screen. Silly action flick. Yeah. With the most, like, early 2000s fucking music going on. The drums in particular. Oh, yeah. Like I said, it really... It was a Trent Reznor score. Well, there's a Trent Reznor song at the end. I don't know if it was Which is when. very, but it, very Nine Inch Nailsy. It's, like, uber... It really does fit in with that, that kind of group of films that I was talking about uh, earlier. The Paul W. Like, Alice Anderson of special. Like, yeah, of, of, like, Resident Evil and AVP and Underworld. I will say Resident Evil looks slicker. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, way, I'm not saying they're all the exact same no, they're, or they're all uh, as good as each other, but of, I would lump them together in that kind of action sci-fi horror from the early to mid-2000s. No, there was like I, a lot of them. The way that the Umbrella Facility is done, I think, works better. The way it's quite bright and sterile. Yeah. Juxtaposed with the broken 
areas whereas mm. in this you don't get really get it's mostly gloomy yeah there's only one or two places that are, are kind of well lit and yeah and a lot of the rest of the time it's actually too dark yeah the pit fight in particular that's the one yeah. I felt suffered the most it's, it is very very dark and when Mac dies and when Mac dies yeah because we missed it <laughs> it's easy to miss when Mac <laughs> it's dies really easy easy to miss Mac <laughs> Like if you if, if you were to say if you were distracted by your phone, went to the bathroom and then had to answer the door Sneezed. at specific times in this film, you, you might not even know Mac, Mac existed. <laughs> it's yeah. Poor L Mac. Poor L Mac. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to to, to add? No, I do like it when they check their kill cams. The kill cam bit is nice. Yeah. Um, I think that's a little alien's nod as well. The, the circle of... Yeah, there's quite a few um, Easter eggs in, in regards to names yes. of like people who worked on the original Doom have characters mm. named after them in this. And there's that uh, Olduvai Gorge. Kind yeah, of because that's, really, that's the Olduvai Valley in Ethiopia, I want to say. I can't remember where it is, but it's where it's some of the earliest... It's cradle civilization. Well, it's where some of the earliest pre-hominid remains were yeah. found. And see, we're talking trivia. I, I'm going to wedge in any old Stargate bit of reference where I can. And that the actor Mike DePud, who's been in all three Stargate series. Yes! Um, as, as a character actor, was the voice for the original Doom guy in Doom 1, 2 and Final Doom. Yeah. The original. He went, a Arr! lot. Arr! That was Mike DePud. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Stargate and, and another little point of information um, I can't remember the guy who created the original Doom oh John Romero he, one of the original creators lives, lives he, here in Ireland lives in Galway yeah <laughs> yes he does I, I found out the other day yeah no I didn't realise that either apparently he's been living over here for a few years yeah he has a studio a gaming studio here which is really nice to see yeah so that was Doom I think yeah. in, in its totality it's spoilers stupid. and all it's, it's stupid, stupid. It's everybody fun. dies yeah. There's a really big gun in it. Yeah, ba- Baby Carler Band, Baby the Rock. Baby Carler Band is the best part about it. <laughs> yeah. Rosamund but- Pike looking the same age she always looks because I'm pretty sure she's not human. She's <laughs> yeah, a fae. Yeah, she doesn't age. She doesn't Rosamund age. Pike is a fae. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Um, and that one dude from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. But uh, let's face it, I don't think anything we say or do in regards to Doom is going to make people watch it or rewatch it if they don't want to. If you like it, you like it, and you're going to watch it. And, and if you don't, you ain't going to watch it. No. Because it's Doom. It's Doom. <laughs> it's stupid. It is the stupidest film. I wouldn't say it's the stupidest film no. we have, but it's, it's up there. Yeah. But it's it's stupid and enjoyable. Yeah. So it, it, it fits the bill. Yes. <laughs> it fits it, the bill. It is so Definitely not, not as intelligent and thought-provoking as last week's one. No. Well, we were going to do a different film, and then our DVD decided to explode. Uh, yeah, well, we were going to do two <laughs> different films. One we couldn't find, even though we were convinced we had a copy. Another one we sat down and watched half of, and then the DVD was fucked yeah, so DVD, we were like yeah. fuck it we're doing Doom we're doing Doom <laughs> fuck it so that was Doom yeah <laughs> that was Doom thanks for joining us guys we will be back next week with maybe one of the two films we tried to watch if we can get I'm not going to say anything because yeah. we'll jinx it otherwise but we will definitely be back with some kind of film next week thanks for joining us guys and in the meantime if you want you can head back and listen to our previous episodes from Mono Rants the Movies or you can listen to all of our coverage of The Boys and Diabolical from Amazon Prime that's over at Mono Rants the Boys and if you'd like to get in contact with us you can find us on Twitter at Rants Mono you can find us on Instagram at Mono Rants underscore the underscore boys or you can send your own rants to Mono Rants Podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next week bye bye doom 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 Go home now.
We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Monorats. We are One Chord Level 2 Podcast. This is Sci-Fi.